And the guy said, I'm not telling you. Well, you have to decide. Somehow you had to make a decision that you're going to use. It's not random, right? If it's random, I could just still make a random thing, right? Just pick. And I spent a year. I talked to my boss. I talked to his boss. And he was one of these guys that don't make him mad. He'll quit, you know, and then he knows where all the bodies are buried. And so I never could find out, you know, to this day, you know, it's a mystery, right? And so after a while, you give it up. But, um, but I have dealt with people who, who are, uh, think they know everything. And, um, you know, I figured out a long time ago, none of us were born knowing anything. Somewhere along the way, we fi- either figured it out, but more than likely, uh, it's based on something that somebody else told us. And so, so if you had to find it along the way, then you can share that. Amen. If you were born with that knowledge, well, okay, that would probably make you God anyway. Uh, and you weren't. And so, so you can't impress me by acting like you know something that I don't know, or even if you do actually know something that I don't know, that doesn't impress me. You know, it impresses me if you'll share that information. But people are, oftentimes are in fear because if I tell you, then you're going to be equal to me. Uh, and I was of the opinion, if I could tell you, then you can do that and I can do something else. And I can, you know, I can do other things. I don't have to, you know, be the guy that knows this one thing. Other people can know this one thing and then I can go learn other things. And uh, when you live by fear, and that's what a lot of it was fear. When you live by fear, you make all kinds of poor decisions, amen? And, and you should never live by fear. You should just do what you want to do and don't do what you don't want to do. And, and that's it. Uh, and, and, you know, if you, don't, if you don't like, you know, cooked broccoli, then just don't eat it. But, uh, you know, if you don't like bacon, then don't eat it. But don't not eat it because you're afraid of it, amen? <clears throat> and some people fear foods, right? They fear certain things. Uh, and they just, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm too afraid to do that. Uh, just uh, anything that... that uh, controls your life that controls your life you know and i'm just not going to live that way i'm going to live uh, as a free uh, moral agent of the lord free to do his will uh, and you know it doesn't mean i have to like everything that i do if he tells me to do something that i don't like to do well that's that's different right i'm still i'm still being obedient to him uh, and uh, and you know that's part of the deal that we have with him that sometimes we have to do things that we don't like to do or say things we don't like to say or the other way around sometimes, not do things that we do want to do and not say things that we do want to say. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a different discussion there about obedience. But, um, but don't let fear motivate you, you know. And, um, you know, and so a, a lot of those things, a lot of those things help, help me as an engineer, uh, as a career person, uh, to do, do well in my job because I was just, I had no fear. I just, you know, I wasn't afraid of the boss. I wasn't afraid of uh, making good decisions or bad decisions, and I just decide what I did decide, and I wasn't always perfect, but uh, uh, some, uh, so many people, uh, they're so fearful, they won't ever try anything new, uh, and so they, they are stuck where they're at, uh, and a lot of people, they'll get to a certain place in their career, and they will never go beyond that because they're afraid to learn something, they're afraid to lose their job, or, um, and um, I don't know, people just... Uh, I don't want to live that way, amen? And so it's not a good, good way to live. So uh, right now, Chris is three hours behind us, so it's just a little bit after 4 o'clock where she is, and um, she's, at, in, um, she's in California right now, and um, <clears throat> I'm not sure where she's at in California. She told me this morning. She was in Reno this morning, Reno, Nevada this morning, uh, and, um, and they drove to California. I think it's like Sacramento maybe. Is that pretty close to uh, uh, if you went two hours west from Reno, so somewhere like that. So she's out there visiting the troops, and um, <clears throat> she, it's been a whirlwind tour. She, went, she was in Indianapolis, I think, on Monday, and then uh, Phoenix 
on Tuesday and uh, Reno on Tuesday and then California today. And um, uh, I think she'll be in a couple of different places in California and then she'll be back here uh, in Tennessee on Friday, uh, late Friday. So then um, she doesn't usually make this many stops there uh, on her trips there, but uh, she's responsible for about 180 different locations. And so uh, <clears throat> she obviously can't visit all of them all the time. So she has to kind of prioritize where she goes visits them. But it means a lot to the folks uh, for, the, for her to go visit them because she's three or four levels above the technicians that turn all the wrenches there. And so, uh, uh, and, and you know, of course you all know Chris, she's very sincere. Uh, and uh, that's really kind of hard to come by, you know, people that are sincere, you know, they'll shake your hands and wink and they, they could care less that they're doing that, right? Uh, and so, but Chris really does care about these people and they can tell that she cares. And so it means a lot for them, for her to go out and visit them. So, um, and so, uh, and don't forget uh, Sunday, of course, this Sunday, Brother Randy will be here with us and uh, we'll have our church meal and um, he'll be with us on Sunday morning service and um, Sunday afternoon service. And uh, <clears throat> also uh, I've noticed uh, Brother Randy has a podcast. Of course, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but if you do, if you listen to podcasts, uh, he has a podcast. He, uh, you can subscribe to it. And uh, uh, before, uh, a couple months ago, he hadn't put much out there, but recently he's been putting out a, a few more services, and they've been really good. I've been listening to him uh, as, you know, uh, go throughout the day there. So uh, you can look up his name on uh, Randall Greer on uh, your podcast app. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go find a 12-year-old. They'll tell you exactly what that means, right? And so, <clears throat> but um, anyway, praise God. Well, let's pray and we'll get into the Word tonight. So, Father, we do thank you for the Word of God. We are so thankful, Father, that you've provided for us uh, wisdom and understanding, Father, and revelation into who you are and what you desire for your people on the earth. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Uh, and we come humbly to your Word, uh, relying upon the Spirit of God to teach and instruct and to reveal, Father. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Philippians chapter 3. We'll continue there today. So uh, last week we got into uh, Philippians chapter 20, or chapter uh, 3, verse 20, where it says that we look for, the, look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we kind of gave a whirlwind tour of end-time events about how Lord, the Lord Jesus is coming back uh, and the, the time frame on that. And I am by no means an end-time event uh, expert. Uh, a lot of people will tell you everything about they get into all these things like blood moons and, you know, all these things and planets come into alignment. And, and I'm sure all that's uh, found in the scripture somewhere. Um, I just kind of know the high level uh, plan of things that will happen. Uh, and uh, from my perspective, uh, once all those things begin to happen, we're all going to be in heaven anyway. So, um, you know, there, there's only a limited amount of time we're going to be on this earth, even if we live a long life. Um, I spend most of my time in the epistles and learning how to live a, a life full of faith today. Uh, and so, and that's not, that's not to diminish those the people that study those things. Um, but if you're not careful, you get in a rut studying certain topics that don't really affect your current salvation. You know, a lot, a lot of people, uh, they can memorize the whole lineage of the kings from, you know, the Old Testament. Well, that's great. I'm not sure how that helps you, right? Um, or they'll learn the whole genealogy of the Lord Jesus from Adam all the way up to the Lord Jesus himself. Uh, you know, that's great, but you know, I'm not really sure uh, how that helps you, right? And so a lot of people even spend time memorizing scripture. And, and um, you know, I had somebody come up to me and said, I have, uh, I have uh, uh, 
memorized the entire book of Ephesians. Uh, and, um, you know, I was thinking, you know, I didn't say it, but I was thinking, man, it'd be great if you'd live the book of Ephesians, you know, because you've got some real problems there. But, but uh, he, he, had, uh, uh, he had memorized the entire book of Ephesians. And, you know, uh, Bible memorization, not really all that helpful to you. What's more important is, are you, are you uh, I spend more of my time meditating on the word of Lord, how do I apply this to my life? as opposed to the mechanics of I can quote it. But, you know, quoting is not very valuable. Of course, if you're going to apply it to your life, you've got to know what it says. But you can generally know what the gist of a verse says. And a lot of times it'll be just a verse or two that I'll be meditating on maybe for days or weeks at a time. That Lord, I need to apply this in my life. You know, how do I need to make adjustments to, to live up to this verse, right? So, uh, you know, John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. So, Lord, how do I live up to that, you know? And then, then, well, what does it mean? So then you kind of go down this path of, okay, when you say these things, what do you mean by that? And so the goal is to get the revelation or the understanding of what that verse means. Uh, And, um, in fact, uh, you know, there's three aspects of of knowledge. There's knowledge, there's understanding, and there's wisdom. And a lot of people focus only on the knowledge. Uh, You know, knowledge is just a collection of facts. You know, you can quote the whole book of Ephesians, you know, you can, you can uh, quote all, the, uh, all of the books of the Bible, right? How many books uh, in order, right? Uh, you, you know that there's 31,102 verses in the King James translation, right? You know that there's uh, 1,189 chapters in the Bible. I mean, you know all these things. These are really important things to know, right? Who cares? I mean, it doesn't do you any good. Uh, but <clears throat> understanding then is the next level of what does that mean, right? Uh, what does that mean to uh, when these verses say things? What do those mean? And then wisdom is, you know, how do you how do you apply that to your life? Uh, and um, there's a couple of places in the scripture where it says lack of understanding will cause you difficulty. Uh, and so, you know, understanding. In fact, uh, um, the book of Proverbs says, uh, "In everything, get wisdom, uh, but but in all thy getting, get understanding as well." Uh, and so w- to me, wisdom and understanding are much more valuable than just knowledge. Amen. Not, in fact, uh, the New Testament, Paul said that knowledge puffs up because that's what happens, right? Well, I know a lot of things. It doesn't matter. I mean, how many people do you know that, are, that know a lot of things, right? I consider them super smart, but, but know nothing, right? Or have no common sense. Well, that's because they have no understanding, right? They have a lot of knowledge, but they have no understanding. And, and knowledge without understanding and wisdom just makes you uh, prideful and arrogant, amen? And we all know people like that, right? People who know, I know things. So, um, I mean, the devil knows things. He, I'm not very impressed with him, amen? Uh, and so, and he, and he clearly has no understanding because if he did, he would have never tried to overthrow the Lord and he surely has no wisdom. <clears throat> and so, so, you know, for me, I've always pursued uh, wisdom and understanding because especially as a, as a young person, I understood that I knew nothing. Right. Even though I always, you know, well, I say I always, I, you know, I'm a, a fairly intelligent human being and, and know that, right? And that's not an arrogant statement, I don't suppose, you know, is, and um, unless like some people say, what is it, uh, that uh, my humility is the thing I'm most proud of, is that right? Is that the quote, right? Uh, and so, <laughs> but I know there's plenty of people smarter than me, uh, and Jared is smarter than me, so... Um, but I always knew that I had uh, great limitations in just knowledge and wisdom and understanding. You know, how does the world work? How do things work, right? And so, um, 
Uh, and part of it was my unique path that when I was an orphan at 15 and not having parents to kind of help guide me through uh, into adulthood, uh, you know, you kind of have to, you, you, and you're a Christian, you kind of lean heavily upon the Lord because you, you have no other recourse, right? And so I'm thankful the Lord has, has granted me wisdom in some areas over the years that I've, I've applied myself to. And so, um, so all of those things, you know, uh, goes back to uh, looking for the Lord Jesus. Uh, it's great that we can uh, know all these things about the end time events, but it's helpful to know some of the, the overall kind of the general summary of those things. And if you want to become an expert in that area, that, that's fine. I got no problem with that. Uh, but uh, you need to make sure you balance that with, are you living by faith today? Are you, actually, are you able to obtain healing that you need? Are you able to obtain wisdom that you need? Are you able to obtain the answers to your prayers that you have need of? Uh, today, if you're not successful in those areas, I'd lay aside the book of Revelation until you can get those things established in your life. And then uh, you can be more successful. And then you can have to take the time to learn those other things if you want to. So, uh, and so then we get into um, Philippians uh, 3.21. It says, uh, so well, let's start back in verse 20. We'll read it and we'll get to 21. For our conversation, or our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies or bodies of humiliation or, or humil- uh, humiliation, uh, humble bodies, that is, uh, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work in where, whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Uh, and so he's talking about the change uh, of this, of this uh, vile body, but other uh, verses talk about our mortal body. And uh, I've, kind of, I've kind of gone back and forth about uh, this verse, you know, how, how deep do we get in this verse? Because uh, in studying this out, I ended up a lot more questions than I had answers, right? And so, and part of it is, is not because, uh, uh, you know, you're not studying enough. Some things we just don't know, right? I mean, uh, where do dinosaurs come from? You know, we have our theories, but, um, you know, it, it appears that uh, they seem to be real, right? Uh, and so, uh, and there's a lot of argument about how old is the earth, right? Some people will fight you that the earth is 6,000 years old, which, which dates back to the beginning of Adam, right? Uh, and um, the beginning of Adam is about 6,000 years ago. And so does that mean that the earth was when it was created? Well, there's different theories about that. And I don't really want to get into all those things there. But, uh, but um, we do know, uh, let, let's turn over to um, uh, 1 John chapter 2 or chapter 3. Let's look at uh, one other verse here. And then we'll get into, I'll just tell you some of the questions that I have that I don't know the answer to and maybe, you know, uh, maybe you know more about this than I do. So uh, he says uh, here in 1 John uh, 3, 2, Beloved, so uh, in the previous book, Paul wrote the book of Philippians. In this book, uh, the apostle John wrote the book of 1 John. It says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear which, what we shall be. So uh, we don't see how we're going to be. So there's going to be a change that will happen to us physically. We don't see that yet, uh, we sh- but we shall be like him. Uh, uh, he said, uh, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So, <clears throat> he says, and every man that hath this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. So we do know, of course, we talked some about this last week, that at some point in time, we read some of the scriptures that we're all going to be changed, right? In a moment of twinkling of an eye, uh, this mortal body will put on immortality, right? And so, uh, so that means that the, the bodies that we have... Uh, you know, they do get older, right? Uh, and uh, uh, 
that, that Paul says that, that they, they decay, but he doesn't really specify what all that means. And, and um, uh, you know, according to the whole counsel of God, that doesn't mean that they decay into sickness and disease. They just get older, right? Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but at some point we would get a glorified body uh, and the advantages of that body is, first of all, uh, the bodies that we have today have the sin nature in them, right? Uh, and Paul talks a lot about that in Romans chapter 7. He says, uh, it no, it's no longer I that do these things, but sin in me that does these things. Well, that sin is that sin nature that we, that, uh, we obtained all the way back to Adam, right? And we talked about uh, how by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so that all men, uh, in fact, let's, let's go back and uh, read that in Romans chapter 5. Uh, he said in verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered in the world, and death by sin, so death passed unto all men, so that all have sinned. So when he says death has passed unto all men, then it was passed down uh, from Adam, right? And specifically, it's passed down from, uh, from the, the father, uh, because Adam is the one who committed the sin, not Eve, and so that sin nature is passed down uh, to the next generation, to, to both the uh, sons and daughters of the parents, but it's passed down through the father. Uh, and that's important uh, because it came by one man, uh, Adam. That's important because that gives us some insight. Uh, we've, we've studied this, talked about this before, about uh, when Jesus came into the earth, he was born of a virgin. And so one of the things that's good to ask uh, as you're studying things is why does that matter? Other than, it, well, it's cool, right? I mean, it is cool, right? And, 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 and you, you observe that this is unique and different. Well, okay, that's great. But did it matter? I mean, did it matter that he was born of a virgin? Why would it matter that he was born of a virgin? Well, there's, there's a, several good reasons. And we, we went through, I think we went through a whole service on this one time. Uh, in fact, I think it was Easter, right? We talked about this over Easter. Um, but but uh, uh, the, the part that's for, for this discussion that's important to know is if Jesus was going to be the perfect Lamb of God, then he had to fulfill the Scriptures as that perfect Lamb of God. So if you go back into the Old Covenant and look up what's the requirements for the, for the sacrifice, well, the sacrifice had to be without uh, blot of any kind, right? No, no blemish or, or, or failings in the sacrifice. So, uh, and the Lord did that because, you know, if you've got to pick, if you've got a hundred sheep and you're going to pick a sheep to sacrifice, well, you're going to pick, you know, if the Lord didn't give you any other instructions, you're going to pick the, the weak one, the one that's got three legs, right, missing an eye, you know, has bad fur, you know, there's no value to you, right? You're going to pick the worst of the, of the lot because, uh, you know, you can't sell them anyway. Nobody wants to buy them. So that's what we would do, right? So the Lord said, no, you, you get a good, you get the one without any blemish at all. You get a perfect sacrifice. And so if Jesus had, if the sin nature is passed down through the man to the child, then uh, if Jesus had a earthly father, then he would have had the sin nature in his flesh when he was born, and he would have been an imperfect sacrifice. So he could be born of Mary, but he couldn't be born of Joseph because uh, Joseph would have passed the sin nature on into, into the Lord Jesus' body, and his body would, would no longer be qualified to be the perfect sacrifice because he had to fulfill the scriptures. If he was, if he was going to be the sacrificial lamb that replaced the, the lamb and the, and, and the goats, right? Because he was both the lamb and the goats, according to the Old, Old Testament, if, with the Day of Atonement. If he was going to be the perfect sacrifice, then he couldn't have any uh, blemish in him at all, which 
sin nature would have been a big blemish, you know, uh, on him if he'd done that. So, so that was a big reason uh, why uh, he had to be born, uh, could be born of Mary, but then uh, could not be born of Joseph. So, um, and so you can thank Adam for that, right? So it's, all these things are Adam's fault. So now at sin nature, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I know we talked about some of this stuff last week, and, and uh, we haven't mentioned this part in particular, but the sin nature that's in you, uh, you know, Paul talks about that over in Romans chapter 5, let's go to Romans chapter 7. You know, the sin nature, <clears throat> uh, let, let's, uh, let's start out here in um, Romans chapter 7. And, um, uh, well, let's start in verse 7. It says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the, the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Uh, and so he said, But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in, all me, in, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence or desire. For without the law, sin was dead. So he said, Sin, taken occasion. So that sin nature that's in you, right? If you go through the whole, the whole rest of the chapter here, uh, and we may look at some more details, but it takes occasion and it... And it uh, wrought in him or worked in him all manner of desire. So, uh, th- and that's, th- that's the problem with the sin nature is the sin nature is always encouraging you to sin. Uh, but the sin nature doesn't make you sin, right? And so it, it's not like it, it, it's changing your will. Your will is sovereign. Your will can look at the situation and go, I can either choose A or choose B. And if you haven't trained yourself to listen to your spirit man, who will always say, do the right thing, right? Whatever that is, whether it's A or B, uh, then, then you're going to waffle between that decision. Uh, and a lot of people are of the opinion, well, if I want to do it, I should do it. Well, they don't, that's a sloppy statement. What part of you wants to do it? See, you've got the sin nature in you, but you, if you're born again, you have the spirit of God in you. So you have God's nature in you and you have the sin nature in your flesh. And, and Galatians tells us that these are contrary one to the other. Uh, and they're at war with one another. And, and, and so the sin nature, all it does is sit there and go, what's the Spirit of God want to do? Oh, it wants to do that one. I definitely want to do that. I mean, it doesn't, it's just opposite world, right? No matter what God wants to do, the sin nature says, okay, do that. Do the opposite of that. Uh, and, 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 and so it doesn't make you do it, but it presents you sometimes a very compelling story and a desire to do the wrong thing. But at the end of the day, you still choose, amen? And so you can't, you can't use that as, a, as an excuse, well, Lord, I couldn't help it. And people, how many times people said that? You know, I couldn't help it. That's not true. You didn't want to help it, right? You chose not to help it. Now, it may be that you've trained yourself for so many years to just flesh out all the time, so to speak, so that no matter what the flesh wants you to do, you just do that, and you don't know how to curb that desire. Uh, and, you know, sometimes... Uh, Things like, you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, even smoking, any of those uh, uh, natural desires like that. Uh, once they get a hold of people, the, the difficulty in saying no to that is, is, is high, right? A lot of people are addicted to even smoking cigarettes. Uh, they just can't quit. Now, some people quit cold turkey. Uh, they just, that's the kind of person they are once they realize, you know, this is really stupid. Uh, you know, and it's 2023. How in the world anybody starts smoking in 2023 is beyond me, right? I mean, you have to nearly kill yourself to, to, before you get addicted, amen? Uh, and, um, and I know that's easy for me to say. I've never even, never even had a drag of, of a cigarette, not even once, because just, you know, when I was a kid, I, everybody, I mean, my parents smoked like, you know, freight trains, 
and they smoked camel cigarettes. That was their thing, right? Camel, like, you know, supercharged in, uh, in death, right? And they both died young. Uh, my dad died of heart disease, but it probably didn't help that he smoked, you know, probably two packs a day and camels. And, and, um, and my mom smoked like crazy too. <clears throat> and she died of, of liver disease from alcoholism. But so we uh, grew up in a wonderful environment, right? But, but I, I would watch, uh, you know, my dad would smoke and I, I would just be fat. I'd watch the smoke, you know, curling off the cigarette. But I noticed that, that his fingers were always yellow with tar, right? And, you know, I'm just a kid, I think, and I was thinking, that's really gross, you know, uh, and, and, um, and it smelled bad, you know, like now cigars, you know, I had an uncle that smelled cigars, you know, I always thought cigar smell, smoke smells good, I have never even tried a cigar, you know, but I just, you know, at least it, at least it's not disgusting to smell it, right, uh, and so, look, I'm not, if you smile, I'm not mad at you, you know, you whatever, you know, none of my business, I don't care, I'm just telling you, you know, here's how things happen. So, yeah, you start smoking, how are you going to quit? But the problem is, you started that one day, and you had to power through near death to, to become addicted to that. That's my whole point. It's like, you know, things like drugs, I mean, you know, you could take drugs, and, and there's very little pain to get started, and you'll be addicted, you know, if you, uh, they tell you that, like, meth, if you get addicted to meth, you got to just, you take one shot of meth, I don't know, you do, I don't know if it's a needle, or, you, or I don't know how you, you know, I don't know, I don't really care, you know, I don't need to know. Uh, it's like somebody says, like, I had to take a drug test. Like, was it a written test? If it was a written test, I'd fail it, right? And, and so, uh, but, and so, uh, you know, something like that, you could, you could start out and you'd be addicted to it, but you had to choose to start. That's the point, right? So people say, I can't quit. Well, let's back up to when you chose to start, right? And then we could talk about that, because if you don't get that result, it doesn't matter that you're having a hard time to quit today. You got to back up and find out what, what, part of your personality that you decided that, yeah, I'm going to do, do this because, again, it's 2023. We know these things are bad for you. This is, not, this is not rocket science, right? People know smoking is bad for you, that illegal drugs, you know, meth and fentanyl and all those things are, are terrible for you. They will kill you and control your life, and, and all you'll do is, is search the rest of your life to get to the next high. And that, again, you know, I'm not an expert at this, but to tell you that the first high you get, you never can replicate again. Uh, in meth and fent fentanyl and things like that. Uh, and so uh, it, it's such a lie of the devil because you're going to pursue the rest of your life. I've got to get back to that day, to that event, right? Uh, and again, it's just better not to, not to try it, right? I mean, because it, it's just stupidity beyond measure because you want to have a God uh, that's going to control your life, then go do those things, right? Do smoke cigarettes or whatever. And again, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just telling you, you know, let's back up to that point, right? Because at some point, uh, that, that sin nature in you uh, gave you that desire to try that thing, whether it's to, to appease somebody or to, to go along with peer pressure or because you're curious, you know, well, you know, I just wanted to try and see what it was like. You know, you know better than that. Don't lie, you know. You wanted to do it because you just wanted to be rebellious or whatever. And, and, um, uh, and so, so, but you can't say, I couldn't help it, I had to try it. That's not true. But now you're addicted, you can't help it, and you have to do it again. Well, that may be true to the extent that your, your body's desire for that thing is so strong that you, you just simply can't overcome it without help. Now, who's the help? Well, the Lord's the biggest help, right? He can deliver you of that uh, uh, supernaturally, instantly, right? Uh, uh, and so that's the best way. But they also have programs that you can go to and, and things. And, and I would encourage anybody who's involved in those things, get help. 
Amen. You know, and um, uh, but you got to you got to know that you need help. And of course, we all know people. I don't need any help. Like, yeah, right. Whatever. Uh, you need help. I remember when my mom was. Uh, she was an alcoholic most of my growing up that I remember she would go grocery shopping on typically on Fridays and and back then you had to go to multiple stores right you go to this store for meat you go to that store for that you know it's like exhausting right and so now you just get on your phone click 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 and you look out the door and magic food appears right it's a, it's awesome amen and so uh, it's uh, it's pretty good but back then you know you couldn't do that uh, and so typically she would come home you know drunk from from going grocery shopping right and so because uh, uh, there was liquor stores and so she would get you know uh, the, the milk and the cookies and then you know uh, her favorite alcohol was Seagram 7 uh, and uh, she would come home slurred speech and and I remember many times you know uh, well uh, I, don't, it's, I don't know about many times but well, she did try to kill herself you know she'd throw herself down the stairs of the, of the basement and and um, and I remember doing. She did that one time, and, and I saw. I didn't see her go down the stairs, but I saw her at the bottom, the bottom of the stairs, uh, in the cellar, blood everywhere. You know, and the, they came in uh, with the uh, uh, ambulance and took her away. But but that was, you know, it was fairly. Uh, not every single week she would do that, but after my dad died, it was every day. You know, she became a full blown alcoholic. It was every day. Uh, and she wasn't, she wasn't a mean drunk. She wasn't, you know, violent or anything like that. She, her heart was broken, and, and, um, uh, and I think it was broken before that, you know, that uh, um, she didn't like the life that she was in for whatever reason, and I don't know all the details about that, but, um, uh, but I remember, you know, as, as a teenager, just, you know, holding her and weeping and, and crying, you know, begging her to stop, you know, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a minor, and she's the last parent that I've got, and so I'm just begging her to stop, but she couldn't, you know. And so, you know, I see that now. But you know, as a 13-year-old, you don't know, you know, you know these things. When my dad died. I was 14 years old, and so, but it had a hold on her, right? And and but when was the first time she took it? Amen. And, and you know, there are wars fought over like things like alcohol in a church. And my opinion is it doesn't do anybody any good. You could live your whole life without drinking a drop of alcohol and it, do, it will hurt you a bit, right? Uh, and then, oh, well, you know, it does do you medicinal good. Well, so does the, the Word of God, right? And so I would much rather have the Word of God as my, because the Bible literally says His Word is medicine, amen, to all my flesh. Uh, alcohol is not medicine to all your flesh, especially your liver, right? Uh, and so you want to make those uh, those uh, weak arguments about that. That's fine. You know, I'm not going to fight you over it. Uh, but um, uh, I live my life perfectly fine with not, not a drop of alcohol. Uh, and it's not because my mom uh, was an alcoholic. It's because I've never seen it do anybody any good. Uh, and so, but someday, somewhere along the way, she had to take her first drink is the point, right? So yeah, it had a hold on her, but but she had to take that first drink. So people don't want to talk about that because that is, a, that is a moral failing at that first drink. Afterwards, you know, then it's an addiction and, you know, and, uh, but let's go back to that, right? So, so Paul said that it works all kinds of, of uh, desires in you. So it's the evil friend, right? You know, uh, when I, when I uh, did jail ministry for many years and I would talk to people, uh, that was in jail, and I said, look, first thing you should do when you get out of jail, burn everybody in your contact list. You get new friends. Because, well, they're my friend. They're not your friend. If they put you up to it, they're not your friend. Hey, let's go drink it. They're not your friend. Hey, let's go do that. They're not your friend. 
They, they think, you think they are because you just want a friend. No, they're not your friend. They are the devil, amen? Uh, and they got you into this because misery loves company. Uh, and so many times people uh, that are outside the church, people, even sometimes people in a church, they look at, they look at you and they, they see that you're a good moral person. They've got to break you. Their goal is to break you, to get you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And it's called peer pressure. Even as an adult, even as adult Christians in church, other adult Christians in church will try to get you to do things that are immoral, unethical, or just uh, you wouldn't even be arrested for, but against the plan and will of God. Uh, and and it, they're just, they have evil intent. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite scriptures is 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says in the New American Standard Version, it says that bad company corrupts good morals. And that statement, uh, nobody is, uh, is exempt from that statement. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got to look around you. Who, who's around you? That's why, you know, for me, uh, you know, I don't just let everybody get really close to me, right? I mean, I let a lot of people close to me. But, you know, if you're not a good person, you'll never get close to me. Now, I may interact with you. You know, I may be kind to you. I may assist you as I need to. But if you're not a good person, you won't be my best friend. Uh, and I, well, are you judging everybody? No, he said that you'll know them by their fruits. And if I look at your life and it's fruit of, of lying and fruit of, of backstabbing and fruit of gossip and fruit of stealing and fruit of, you know, not doing what the word says, then, then, then that's what I observe. I'm not judging you that you're not worthy of God's blessings or desires. That's between you and the Lord. But, uh, but I'm not going to get around bad company. And I remember people that would do that. Uh, uh, and, um, uh, and one person in particular I knew, there was a, a, he was a good friend of mine for many years. And he kind of uh, stopped being my friend and, and got to be really good friends with this other guy who was just a snake in the grass. A Christian, went to church, but would lie, just lie. Um, and tell vulgar jokes and go places that a, a, a good Christian wouldn't go, do things a good Christian wouldn't do. Uh, and uh, close to his death, close to this friend of mine's death, I was just spending some time talking to him. He said, and I said, you know, um, we should have been friends. Uh, and I said, but you had this fellow over here as your friend. He said, well, I just wanted a friend. I said, that's not true because we were friends and then you quit being my friend so you could be his friend. So you wanted that. You know, that, what you wanted is that. You wanted the vulgar jokes and he was the life of the party. You know, I'm not the life of the party. You, I go to a party and, you know, I'll be like, where's Chip? And he's over in some corner somewhere, you know, hiding, you know, because uh, what do I got to say to anybody, right? But, and so I'm not the guy. I'm not that guy, right? But this guy was the guy, right? And some people like that. Uh, and, um, and look, I mean, some people are just funny. I don't, I don't have a problem with people being that way at all. Uh, but if, if you have to uh, be vulgar in order to achieve that position, that I, I have no interest in being involved in that. You know, I don't care. You know, I don't care if you're the grand poobah. If that's you, I don't want to be around you. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'd be around him at church. And he'd tell dirty jokes at, at church. And, and so we all be, you know, all of the guys would be kind of hanging out, just talking. And he'd start telling a dirty joke. And I would say, you know, I hear my mother calling or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not old enough for this conversation. And I would leave and they would they would berate me about, oh, you just think you're better than us. And you know, whatever. I'm going to live for the Lord. You don't like it. That is not my problem. Amen. Because I'm going to stand before the Lord and he's going to say, why did you listen to that mess? Oh, well, Lord, I'm just trying to be I just needed a friend, Lord. Shut up. Go to the back of the line. I mean, you know, uh, there's no excuse going to be with the Lord. Now, why don't you rebuke him? He didn't answer to me. We weren't close friends, and he wouldn't listen to me anyway, right? I mean, that, that's 
kind of what we talked about on Sunday about casting your pearl before the swine. I mean, I knew better. You know, my knowledge of not doing that was a pearl, but he'd have just thrown it in my face. Well, you just think you're better than me. Whatever, you know, I, I don't have time for, for that mess. So I just, you know, I wouldn't gossip about him or anything like that after that, but uh, I just wouldn't spend any time with him. Uh, and so Paul said that it, it, that sin nature uh, raises all kinds of desires. Now, you can feed those desires, right? Thought life, you know, and um, uh, how many people do you know get involved in, in like extramarital affairs? Uh, well, okay, well that's terrible. Can you come back? Can you, can you come back back from that? Well, sure, I think you can. I believe you can, right? You can repent and, and get right back with the Lord. Um, and, and the, you know, whether your marriage uh, survives that or not, it's between the two of you, I believe. But um, but the question is, how did you start that? Right? Where did you go to to do that? You know, my pastor got a call one time from an ex-girlfriend. You know, of course, he'd been married for many years, but this ex-girlfriend when he was like in high school, right? And he was kind of wild in high school. Uh, and um, she said, Kenny, I, I, you're a pastor now. I need, I need some counseling. I uh, goes, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, she said, can, can, can you meet me? Well, where do you want to meet? I want to meet at the Winona Motel <laughs> for counseling, right? <laughs> You know, uh, that was in Putnam County. Uh, a lot of sin happened at the Winona Motel, right? I mean, if you're at the Winona Motel, there's probably sin going on, right? Uh, and so uh, he was wise enough to go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But how many people go, I can handle it? How many people put themselves in a position that, 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 oh, I can handle it? And then they can't handle it. Well, why'd you go to begin with, right? Why did you go, you know, uh, they, they tell about... Uh, uh, Billy Graham, they said he would not even get on an elevator by himself with, a, with another woman. Now, if there's other people, it's fine, right? But if it's just him and another one, he, he would get off the elevator. Why? Because he's never going to put himself in a position where those desires would overtake his will. I say, I say overtake his will, but, you know, those desires can be so strong that, that your will buckles to that desire. It's really a more appropriate way to say it. And so, you know, you've got to back up. You've got to back up to the moment it begins. Instead of you know, trying to, oh, it's so hard right now. Okay, that's fine. Let's back up. And let's get to, because if you don't deal with that, if you don't deal with day one, it doesn't matter if you're day 100 or day 2000. How did you get there to begin with? What, what caused you? Well, you know, I just have needs. And well, you know, my wife's not doing this. And well, you know, I just, you know, I just wanted to, to you know, blend in. I just needed a friend. And I mean, so many excuses that we get to day one that you will regret. Amen. Um, and, and so, so the, uh, the sin nature then that's in you right now, when you get a glorified body, it's gone. So does that mean that we'll never sin again? Well, uh, you know, that, that's, not, that's not true because if you go back all the way to the beginning, did Lucifer have the sin nature in him when he was in heaven? He was created perfect, the Bible says. So he didn't have the sin nature in him. What about Adam? Did he have a sin nature in him? He didn't have the sin nature in him. He was created perfect. So uh, having a glorified body with, with that, that does not contain the sin nature does not mean that you, that you have now no longer have a free will. You'll always have a free will. Now, it's going to be a lot easier, I believe, because you're not going to have that constant pressure. Do bad, do bad, do bad. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't control your own thought life, you may get to uh, be like Lucifer one day. You know, the, the Lord, he just sits up there and under his rainbow and acts like he's all that. And, you know, I mean, I could do that job. 
I could sit on the rainbow. I mean, you know, what's there to it? You're just sitting on a rainbow. Anybody could do that. Well, I think I'm going to take over. Uh, and, and, you know, it may take a thousand years of, of dwelling on that before you get there. But that's what Lucifer did, right? He, I'm doing all the stuff, you know, I'm the anointed cherub. I'm, you know, uh, I'm anointed. I can do things. Well, yeah, he could do things, but he wasn't God. Uh, and, and, and that's what, that's what so, so don't think just because we, don't, we, we will not have a sin nature doesn't mean that, that sin will happen. My, I suspect that sin will be nearly non-existent, maybe non-existent for forever after that, because people will see clearly, hey, I can see, I can see the Lord clearly. All I want to do is worship him. Uh, and I mean, out of all of history, only one angel in the realm of the spirit ever fell like that. Now, we had a third of the angels fell along with him because they were all stupid too, but only one ever raised his head up to say, I'm going to overthrow the Lord out of all of, and we don't know how long that existed before, before Adam came on board. It could have been millions of years, it could have been billions of years, or trillions of years. We don't know how long ago, right, the Lord created Lucifer. But however long it was, you know, he went a long time without sin, but one day he decided that he was going to overthrow the Lord. And there's a lot of stories about that in the Old Covenant. Uh, we won't go back in that. Uh, and so, so we're going to get, we, we need to get a glorified body because the constant pressure to do wrong, uh, you know, Brother Hagen talked a lot about this. He, he said, you know, there's a lot of Christians who have evil thoughts. He said, but an evil thought uh, uh, left un, uh, unresponded to, uh, I'm just paraphrasing basically, he said, but uh, if you don't respond and follow through on a, on a thought, it's just a thought. Amen. Uh, now, <clears throat> uh, you know, you, you've got to be careful about what you think on. Amen. Remember, we, we got the Philippians. Well, we haven't got quite the Philippians uh, 4, 6. But, uh, but we did talk about that not long ago, about Philippians 4, 8. Uh, think on these things. So it's important what you think on, amen? Because if you dwell on sin, if you dwell on, on doing wrong, you know, some of that is motivated by your sin nature, right? But some of it is just motivated by whatever, you know? I mean, doesn't, don't we all want friends? Well, we all want friends, right? Uh, and so you may think, well, I'm going to overlook these failings in this person's life. You know, are there any perfect friends? other than me. I mean, there are, no, there are no perfect friends, right? So everybody's got quirks and weird things. I mean, some of my friends, you know, will actually eat broccoli and collard greens and things like that, you know, and I don't hold it against them. I mean, you know, it's okay, right? Uh, and they've got different interests. Uh, you know, some, some of my friends love college football, right? I mean, just love college football. I could care less. I mean, I just, you know, now, see, they may break up with me as a friend if I told them that, like, because they're like, oh, yeah, did you see that game? No. Uh, you know, now I'll, I'll ask, well, who won? You know, I'll, I'll act all interested in them because they're my friend, but I really don't care, you know. And so if they're, if they're watching the video, you mean you said all those things all those time, you don't care? I don't care. Uh, and so, but, you know, they don't care about, you know, uh, today I wrote 300 lines of programming code to, to edit a PDF file. Anybody even know what that means and cares about that? No. I mean, who cares, right? Jared knows what it means. Uh, do you care, though, that I did that? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, all right. Uh, but it's really cool. You should see it, right? Uh, it would it, be really boring. And so, uh, but I can be your friend, and I will never tell you that I did that, right? Uh, because uh, it would be like one out of a thousand of my friends would even care, right? Now, sometimes I'll show, Jared, come here, let me show you this. Look how cool this is, right? I can do all this stuff, right? And, you know, Jared appreciate it. You know, usually, I, you know, I, I, if I do that to Chris, hey, Chris, come here. And I'll, I'll say three things, and she's like, uh, did you get those hamburgers from the other day, you know? And she's already, you know, she's already way past that. I mean, I, it's like five minutes, or not even five minutes, like five seconds of the conversation, and she's already thinking about, you know, uh, what do you want for supper tomorrow? What, what, I'm showing you this thing that, you know, blood, sweat, and tears made this thing. And she's like, yeah, I know, that's, that's, that's awesome. Let me see when you get done. Uh, she, you know, uncaring. 
Uh, but, you know, that's not her thing, right? I mean, that, that's, it's, now she loves the end result, right? She'll love the, the thing that I get done with it. And, it, well, how do I use that, you know? And, and, and it's, it's just like me, you know, I go in the refrigerator or, or go to the pantry and open up. It's empty, right? Now, there's food everywhere, but there's nothing to eat. And, and she could go in the same thing and just whip up this amazing meal. Where, how'd that happen? I open a refrigerator and, you know, and a moth flies out. She opens the refrigerator and it's just magic shows up, you know, and so... Uh, and, you know, and she likes to help me, and she likes me to help her cook, and I'll, and I'll cook, you know, I'm a good sous chef, and, uh, but um, she loves it, you know, it, I just, uh, we, we were home the other day, and uh, we had a sandwich for lunch, like a peanut butter and jelly, and, and um, I like peanut butter and jelly, and, uh, and my European friends don't like peanut butter and jelly, but that's their problem, so, <clears throat> so we got the supper, it's like, what do we got, what do we got, she said, I think I'm going to have to go to the store, I said, let's just eat another peanut butter and jelly sandwich, she said, are you crazy, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, it's like two minutes, you're done making it, you can eat it and be done, you know, she's like, I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to buy the stuff, and it's like, you know, I just, and that's great, she loves doing that, and you know, and that's fine, but, and we're still friends, right, and so, you know, it's okay to have differences and, and things like that, but, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, that's not what matters, right, uh, so if we have different interests, you know, that's fine. And, and, and that, to me, it's interesting. To, you, you actually enjoy doing that, right? I mean, I'll, I'll tell, tell us, my friend Freddie back here, he was, he was, uh, uh, he got a car and he said, yeah, he said, I got this car. And he said, uh, 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 I dropped the transmission. I was looking at something, you know, and something wasn't right. And I'm thinking, let's back up. You dropped the, tra-. you see, see, when I think of dropping the transmission, I'm thinking, Okay, I've got to watch like 80 hours of YouTube videos, right? And then I've got to, it'll take me six hours just to lay all the tools out. And, and, and usually when I do something like that I've never done before, I think about it for weeks. I'll think about, you know, I can do that. Yeah, I've got to make sure I can do this. And I can do that, you know. Uh, even stuff I'm, I'm doing, you know, just doing things at home I'll do. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll meditate on it sometimes for months. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, but, you know, what about this? Yeah, I don't know about that. I'll go watch a YouTube video. You know, now some things I know, like, just like what I did today, I just jump in, I start doing it right. Now, how long would it take you to get started to write uh, a program, you know, a 300-line program to do something? Would you even know where to start, right? Uh, and so, but, but see, that doesn't, that doesn't make me better or worse, you know, because I would, ne- I would never drop my transmission for any reason at all, you know, because I'm thinking, if I lose a bolt, you know, I mean, how do you even know where it goes? I mean, it's just like magic, you know, it's just, it's just like... Uh, at home one day, and, and Chris made like like ranch dressing from scratch. I I, th- I, th- I thought you had to buy that. I thought you didn't actually make that. I, I thought that was like magic stuff that nobody knew what how to where it came from. You know, like the like the like, you know the ranch planet or something, and it came on a on a on a rocket ship or something, and it just showed up here. Nobody knows how to make it. I just you know, and but people make stuff like that, and, and so to me it's a, just it's just nearly a miracle for things like that to occur. Uh, and so, and that's okay, right? We, we should be okay with that. I, you know, I've had friends that would look down upon me because I am who I am. You do computer stuff, you know. What? what? You know, it's not my whole life, but it's part of my life. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. You know, I used to kind of, it would bother me because they would, they would think so little of me uh, because I did that. And after a while, it's like, look, I came out of the womb that way, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and that's just the way I am, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with it, and it's to, it's to my advantage to be that way. It helps me to do the things that I do. Uh, and, so, uh, and, and, and so I'm fine with whatever interests you got. Uh, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that you do that, right? 
And I may, you know, if you do something, I, hey, can you show me how to do that? I may add that to my life, you know, if I'm interested. But see, I'm thinking if, I, if the effort to start, I mean, you know, I'm here and to, to think about dropping a transmission, I would have to get to here, right? And, and, and so I'm thinking in my mind, it's just, I don't have much time in my life that I, want to spend, that I want to spend doing that. I could do it, but I don't want to do it, right? I'd rather, you know, it's like having a pool. The only thing better than having a pool is to know somebody who has a pool, right? That's, the be- that's better, th- better than having your own pool is to have, you know, my good friend back here in the back row that's got her own pool, right? And so, because they love it, and I'm glad. And so uh, that, that's, that should be okay, amen? We should enjoy our differences, amen? But see, if it's sin, I don't enjoy that, right? If you're just not a great person, I'm not saying a perfect person, but if you're just not a great person, I just, I just, it's just not what I want to be around, amen? Uh, because the sin nature's already in me. It's already trying to get me to do things. And if, and if you're the kind of person who happens to, to be doing the things that I'm struggling against or even resisting on successfully, but if you're, if you're not resisting those things and you're doing them and you're glorifying them, see, that's not good for me to be around that, amen? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I have to be really careful about eating cookies, right? I love cookies. You know, make a good cookie. I love cookies, right? But, uh, and so uh, I may go home and, you know, I used to eat a lot, but now I may go home and just like eat one Oreo, right? Maybe. Uh, and, and so now that's, that's pretty good for me. But if I got around you and like, man, I eat the whole box. Really? The whole box? And it make you sick? No. I'm thinking, I bet I can power through. I bet I can eat two boxes, right? See, it wouldn't be good for me to be around that, right? Uh, and so, now look, if you're, if you're a cookie monster, and Chris calls me the cookie monster, right? Because they'll go in there, where's the cookies? And I'll be like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know nothing. Uh, and so, now, that, uh, is that sin? Well, you know, it's probably gluttony, right, which is a sin if you eat the entire box of cookies. I don't know. Uh, but see, if you eat the whole box minus one, you know, you're probably good. And so, you know, you just leave one because you're not supposed to eat the last one anyway. That's against the law. Uh, so, so back to, back to Romans chapter seven. So, so the sin nature that, that's see the sin nature is in you, and uh, and at the end of time, anything that's been touched by sin uh, has to be replaced, right? So our our physical body's been touched with sin. Our spirits were touched by sin because we were because uh, Paul said right here, back in Romans chapter seven, he says, "I was alive without the law once, but when uh, commandment when the commandment came." Sin revived and I died. So uh, in what way did he die? Spiritual death, right? Did he die physically? No, because if he died physically and I died, period, that'd be, the rest of the pages would be blank, right? Because he wouldn't be writing anymore of the book of Romans. So he died spiritually. So he was alive before he died spiritually. Well, when, when is that? Well, we call that the age of accountability, right? We call that the age when a child is born in the earth, they are alive unto God. Right, because uh, John 1, 9 says that God lights every man that comes into the world. So, and the book of Hebrews also tells us that God is the father of all spirits. So that child, when he comes into the earth, is a spirit being in a physical body, and that spirit being has the life of God in it. And if it died, it would go to heaven, right? A lot of infants are born, you know, they're born dead, or sometimes they're aborted, or sometimes they have childhood disease and they die early, and it's a terrible tragedy, uh, where do they go? Well, they go to heaven. And there have been doctrines in the past uh, that uh, people would say from the pulpit, well, that child goes to hell because they never accepted Jesus. Well, see, that's a, a lack of understanding because that means that they would, uh, the, the only thing that qualifies you to go to heaven is to be alive spiritually. That's it. 
not your good works, not, you know, whatever. The way to become alive spiritually is two ways. One, you're born alive spiritually, and then at some time you, you go through the age of accountability, which whatever that is, but Paul says, this is, he didn't say how old he was when this verse 9 occurred, but every man that is a normal human being will go through verse 9. Now, uh, he said, when, uh, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So when the commandment came, don't do that, whatever that is, you made a conscious decision, I will do what it says not to do. And so you, you rebelled against the commandment. So, so we all know right and wrong inherently, right? You know because you are a spirit being right and wrong. And somewhere along the way, see, you're alive spiritually, but you still have a sin nature in you as a, as a baby, as a child, right? That's why, you know, well, how can that baby that's, that's you know, not got a sin, uh, not, uh, not dead spiritually, but is alive unto God, how can it still be cranky and be mean? Because there's sin nature in it, right? It will yield to that. Uh, and so, but at some point, it will make a conscious decision, right? It'll have the capacity to say, I understand that this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. And the moment that that occurs and they do it, right, not that they're thinking about doing it, but they actually do it, then they will have committed a, an infraction against the commandment of God and they, the, the life of God leaves their spirit. Their spirit still, they're, they're, they are still their spirit, but the life of God leaves their spirit. So now they, they, and that's what it means to be dead spiritually. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It means it does not have the life of God in it. And so they were alive unto God when they came into the earth. So now Paul or Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, a man must be born what? Again, born again. And of course, Nicodemus thought it was natural. Right? We can't enter into his mother's womb again. What, what are you talking about? See, that whole concept was foreign, completely foreign to the Jewish nation. They, they had no concept of being born again. Even though Ezekiel quote, uh, prophesied that, right? We read that not long ago, Ezekiel 36, 26, that I'll put a new spirit in you and I'll put my spirit in you. And so that's the born-again experience, that we first get a new spirit, right, made brand new, and then God puts, uh, so, he, so when he says brand new, now that spirit is alive, but then he puts his spirit in there. So, so that's what it means to be born again, to be born just like you were the first time, right, spiritually speaking. Uh, and so, so uh, uh, we will all go through this, through this particular phase, right? Now, there are humans that, that never had the capacity to really know right from wrong because of, of failures or sicknesses or whatever, you know, that they have, uh, they don't have that mental capacity, right, to make that decision of right and wrong. <clears throat> and, and, and so they will never really uh, arrive at, at uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 9, right? They'll never get there. And so if they died, even at age of 30, they would go to heaven. Uh, and so when people preach that, that babies that die go to hell, they have no understanding. You know, this is really, this is kind of basic, but it does take some work to, to get these things settled to understand how all this works. Uh, it's not that complicated, but uh, it is helpful to understand these things. And so, so Paul comes down and says, uh, he continues on this. Uh, he says uh, in verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not. Uh, for what I would, for what I would, that do I not. But, but what I hate, that do I. So, uh, you know, the King James here is a little bit busy, right? Uh, but what he's saying is, uh, for, for that which I do, I allow not. Or I, uh, I don't want to, I'm doing these things, but I don't want to do them. Uh, and, and he says, the things that I do want to do, I'm not doing. 
but I am doing the things that I hate. You ever done something and you just hate that you did it? Well, welcome to the human race, right? Now, who wrote this? Paul. I'm so glad that Paul didn't say, you know, this guy over here. He's doing things that he hates. Not me, though. I am so perfect, I can't hardly stand myself, right? I'm so glad that Paul wrote this because uh, this is everybody's life. You know, some Christians act like if you ever make a mistake, you're, you can, you're, can, you, you, God can never use you. And, and I've even had people accuse me, God's never going to use you. You know, you, uh, God will never put you in a ministry. And I'm thinking, I'm not even in the ministry yet. You know, how can I be disqualified? I even got there. Uh, but they, they were just trying to lord things over you. Uh, people do that. It's just, it's, to me, it's despicable how they'll do that. Uh, but Paul is saying, that, I hate. You ever, I mean, that's a strong word. You, you ever had Christians say, don't ever use the word hate? I, I would never say. I use the word hate all the time. I hate doing things that I, don't, I shouldn't be doing, right? Uh, uh, I hate sin. You know, I don't hate anybody, right? There's a few people I don't like, but I don't hate anybody, right? Because, uh, but God uses hate. He hates sin, right? A lot of a list of things that God hates, amen? And so you should hate, if it's sin, you should hate it. Even if you're doing it, you should hate it, right? And that's the struggle. I mean, some, some people, they, they, they have this, this, their whole life is filled with things they, they hate. They're doing things they hate. And sometimes, you know, you've got to have compassion even on people like that because sometimes they don't know how to get out of it. How do I get out of this life? It's like a rat race, right? They're on this, they're, they're on this bus and they just don't know how to get off. And sometimes you as a compassionate Christian can assist them and help them get off that bus. Well, let me show you how to get out of that. Number one, get rid of all your friends, right? Because they ain't your friends. Uh, that, that's a good way. That, that, a lot of times that'll be, that'll be halfway the battle, right? Just get rid of the terrible friends that you're keeping. Uh, and so, so Paul says uh, in um, uh, verse 16, if, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. You know, uh, that's a good statement because a lot of people, the way they justify their sin is, well, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And what they do is they rewrite, they rewrite the law, right? Uh, and, and in their life, in their mind anyway, they have convinced themselves there are no absolutes. And yet there is an absolute. The absolute is the truth of the word of God. If he says, don't do it, don't commit adultery, then is there any scenario where adultery would be acceptable? No. If he said, don't lie, then is there any case where lying is, is acceptable? No. It's just a little white lie. There's no white lies. They're all black and dark and from the pit of hell. Every lie, right? Well, you know, honey, just dress make me look fat. Uh, well, you know, you don't have to lie. Just count the ceiling tiles instead, right? Of course, if you hesitate, you're in trouble anyway. It doesn't matter. You know, if you go, you hesitated then don't ask me, right? Don't, uh, and, uh, you know, I've been married 34 years. We have, we have found the balance in that area, right? Because I, have, you know, I haven't ever slept on a couch, you know, unless, you know, I was coughing or something and didn't want to keep my wife up, but never been required to sleep on a couch. Uh, but there's been a few times when, you know, I said things like that that got me in trouble, right? Does this, does this dress make me look fat? You know, like, mm-hmm. I never said that, but, but there was one time, and, and Chris isn't here, so she'll have to get a rebuttal one time, but there was one time she asked me about a dress, and I'm like, you know, well, what's wrong with it? Well, you know, there's, you don't like it? What's, what, you know, how come you don't like it? It's like, you know, it's like, well, you got to tell me. And I told her, and she got mad. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like, this is your, you're mad at me. It's your fault. Don't ask me, you know, and, and I was, I was trying, you, you know, you, sometimes you try to get out of it, right? You, you, you don't, you know, do you like my haircut? 
I don't want to answer. You know, it's like uh, you can't really take the fifth as a, as a spouse. But if you could take the fifth, there should be a constitutional amendment for, for husbands, right? Uh, you know, I plead the whatever, you know, the 25th Amendment. Well, that 25th, that, that they're going to use that to get rid of somebody, I'm sure. But, um, uh, you know, there needs to be an amendment for spouses to way out, right? Uh, and so, so you know, uh, because the Bible says speak the truth in love. And so, you know, cause, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, how do I say this in love? And, and it's like, there's just no good way. You know, you, no, that won't work. You know, that won't work. I mean, you're going through the scenario, and that's why you're hesitating, right? Because you're like, how do I do this without getting shot, right? Uh, and so, not that, you know, I know she doesn't do it. I know I'm being a little facetious in that. But, but still, you know, you, you've got to, um, you, you've got to, you've got to work, walk, walk in your own path yourself and find that balance, amen? Uh, and so, now, uh, you know, some people are of the opinion, you know, I just rip the bandaid off every time. You know, you're not required to do that, amen? I mean, if you've got a friend and they've got a hair out of place, you know, you have to go, wow. Do you own a comb? You know, you don't, you don't have to say that, right? It doesn't, you got a wrinkle on a shirt. Wow, you know, do you even own an iron? I mean, you know, it just, sometimes people can be cruel, right? Now, if you've got food in your teeth, I mean, if you cared about somebody, you tell them. But you wouldn't say, hey, 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 uh, Jim Bob, you got food in your teeth. You know, you have to yell it, right? You don't have to go, you know, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you're somewhere and, and uh, you know, one of the ladies got something out of order. I don't go tell them. I tell my wife, you go tell her that, you know. I'm, I'm going to go tell her. Because first of all, it would be really embarrassing to her if, I, if a man tells her those things, right? So I'm not going to tell her. It would be out of place for me to tell her. But, but still, I care enough about her to, hey, Chris, you go tell her, right? Now, if it's just something that doesn't matter, I'm not, it's, not, it's no big deal to me, right? But if it would be embarrassing to her that other people knew, you know, I would be, because I care about them, you know, I would tell them. And so, so you know, you've you, you you got to find that own path, right? The Bible says work out your own salvation, uh, you know, I, I need saving sometimes. And so, uh, so uh, but then he said, I consent unto the law that it is good. So there are absolutes. God is the absolute. You cannot change God's law. And the world today is doing all they can to change the law of God. Up is down, right is left. I mean, they're just as fast as they can. And, and the Christian world's going, what is wrong with you? You know, uh, this has worked successfully for thousands of years. Uh, where humanity has gotten along well and done great things because we've decided that, yes, there are absolutes and the moral foundation of all that we, all that we are as a nation is based on Judeo-Christian principles. Uh, for years in law schools, they would teach law as the principle based upon things like the book of Leviticus. They say, well, how do we, how do we relate to each other? That's the whole purpose of laws is how do we relate to each other successfully without calming, call it, uh, causing each other harm? And what's the basis for that, deciding that? Well, the basis is what we find in the Word of God, because it's absolute. And if you live that way, you know, Jesus said, do unto others as, you, as you'd have them do unto you. That is a, is a good, and people say, that, that is out of date. You know, I forget what the, uh, there's a, they call it the platinum law. Anybody remember what the platinum law is? It's something stupid, right? Uh, but uh, because they say, well, the golden rule is not enough now. It's a platinum law, which is all they're doing is turning the golden rule around. Like, do unto others as you feel like them doing unto you or something stupid like that. It's just... Now, the ignorance of the world uh, sometimes. I mean, they have PhDs in stupidity, no doubt. Right? So I consent that the law is good, that there is an absolute standard for how we live. Even if I'm not doing it. You know, a lot of sinners go, yeah, I'm, what, what I'm doing is wrong. They know it's wrong. Why? Because they have a, a, a brain about them, amen? They don't know that based upon, because they are spirit beings, and, and at one time they knew the spirit of God. Uh, they know, right? The Lord put into us the ability to know right from wrong. 
and, and so, and you don't have to be a born-again Christian to know those things. And so, but, but Paul said, I consent to the law that is good. He said, now then, it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. So there's sin that dwells in you. Well, where does it dwell? It doesn't dwell in your spirit, man, because your spirit's alive unto God, sealed by the Holy Ghost. So it's not there. Uh, it's not in your mind. It's in your flesh, right? In fact, uh, he goes on and talks about this. He said, I know that in me that is in my flesh. That's what he said, verse 18. So, so now we know where does the sin nature reside. It resides in your flesh. So, so if it's there, it was placed there because of Adam. It, that sin nature, we call it the sin nature, but Paul calls it the flesh. It was placed in there because of Adam, right? It's the original sinner. Uh, it was passed down into you by the Father, into you. And so now it's with you everywhere you go. And that's why we need a glorified body, right? We've got to get rid of this constant pressure to sin all the time. Now, that doesn't remove our will, right? Our wills will not change, but our wills will be, will be breathing a sigh of relief when we get out of this sin-nature-filled body. Be like, wow. I mean, we, we'll be so free, you know, the pressure to sin, you know, the constant thoughts of sin, that, uh, I mean, it, it'll, be, it'll be like heaven, because that's what we'll be, right? In heaven, we'll get the new... And so we'll get a new, we, got, we got a new spirit already. We're going to get a new body. We're going to get a new earth, and we're going to get a new heaven, right? Those four things will be all brand new. We've already got one of them. The other three are on their way. And all of those things have been touched by sin, so they all have to be removed. And, of course, the devil, he, he has been touched by sin. He's going to the lake of fire. All the people that, that uh, uh, miss heaven, they'll go into, uh, I don't guess they'll go into the lake of fire, but they go into eternal damnation uh, because they've been touched by sin and were not, were not redeemed, right? The, the, the payment for their redemption was made, but they never received the payment for their redemption, and so now they are responsible for their own sin. Uh, and so, so, uh, so that's why uh, we get a glorified body. So we're, we're out of time, but um, uh, and the, the, the thing that I wanted to, uh, to talk a little bit about um, is uh, uh, what we read there in 1 John 3, 2, that we'll be like, like, we'll be like Jesus. And I, I've got questions I don't have answers to because the scriptures don't give us a lot of details, but, but what does that mean? <clears throat> Uh, what, what was, what was, so the question I had, the, the fundamental question is, what was different between the body that Jesus had after the resurrection versus the body he had before the resurrection? Because it's, the Bible says we're going to be like he is, right? So how he is right now. So was there a difference? I don't know. And, you know, uh, sometimes uh, th- these are okay things to discuss and look at. Um, there seems to be some differences, but, it's, but uh, uh, I will just go through some of the questions and, and maybe you know all the answers to them. Um, and, um, but we don't, we don't have time to cover that because it's like three pages of notes, you know, just on questions, right? Uh, and so we won't go through all those, all those questions necessarily. But, uh, but anyway, it, sometimes it's good to ask questions because uh, we read Sunday, right? Asking you what? Receive. So a lot of times I'm, I ask questions to the Lord. And sometimes it doesn't matter and sometimes it's... it's uh, Something that just, you know, uh, uh, not a big deal and, and it's not covered in the scriptures. So if it's not detailed uh, directly in the scriptures, you know, so sometimes you ask questions and you go research the scriptures and you can find the answer. Sometimes you ask a question and it's not covered. Like, what are we going to do after the millennial reign? Right. After everything's said and done and the devil's in the lake of fire and we're on earth with heaven. Uh, what do we do then? We don't know. It'll be good, but we don't know, right? I mean, who knows? What are you going to do with faith? Why do you need faith after that? I don't know. God has faith right now. He's always had faith. He spoke the world as existence by faith. 
So I bet it'll be something big and something spectacular. But what did, I don't know. I mean, you could, well, maybe it's more universes. I don't know. I mean, you know, you can get into really squirrely, you know, philosophy and things like that. But surely, well, I, I can guarantee you this, we'll be doing something with faith. When, at the end of all time, we will be doing something with faith. Uh, uh, God's always been a God of faith. He didn't start being a God of faith when man arrived. He's always been a God of faith. So we will be people of faith for all eternity. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. <clears throat> and Father, we thank you that although we have a sin nature in our, in our flesh, Father, we do not have a sin nature in our spirit beings. We are born again in the image and likeness of God. And you have sealed our spirits until the day of redemption. And so, Father, we thank you <clears throat> that we hear from heaven. And, Father, even, even though this sin nature is a constant, uh, uh, gives us a constant desire to sin, we can choose to say no. We can put our bodies under, Paul said. And, Father, we thank you that you strengthen us in our inner man's, Father, with all might uh, to be able to resist even to the point of shedding of blood, Father, to do sin. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, praise God. Well, let's, let's uh, get ready to receive the offering. You know, and that, that's, uh, you think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Remember, the Bible says that, that he, he was uh, perspiring, even as, uh, uh, sweating even drops of blood. Because uh, he said his soul uh, was under so much pressure, even to the point of death. Well, why was that? He didn't have the sin nature in him. Yeah, but the, the, just his natural desire to not leave the presence of the Almighty God was so much pressure to him that, that he said it nearly killed him, just in the Garden of Gethsemane. The cross was really pretty easy to, for the Lord Jesus compared to the Garden of Gethsemane because once he made it the conscience, I am not going to uh, leave this path, it was fine, right? Come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> Jesus... Uh, did not have the sin nature in him, and yet he did struggle with these things, right? I mean, remember in, in, in Luke 4, uh, he was tempted by the devil. He didn't have the sin nature in him. So temptation is there. Uh, and, of course, the devil is the outside. Now, the sin nature is on the inside of us, but the devil on the outside. But, of course, the devil sometimes will be gone. But still, your own thoughts of, of rebellion will rise up. Somebody sometime will have a thought of rebellion, you know. And, and of course, when we're in heaven, but all of, uh, all, all of us, other people go, hey, dummy, do that. It didn't work out good for the last guy, right? Yeah, okay, okay. You know, straighten up. It'll be all right. God's good. Amen? Uh, and so hopefully we'll be able to help each other when we get to heaven, right? Apparently Lucifer had no friends. Because if he had one friend, one friend would go, don't do that. Uh, but he apparently had no friends, right? And so anyway, praise God. The Lord is good. Be blessed. Don't forget uh, Brother Randy will be here with us on Sunday. So, uh, And you know, that's always a good time to invite folks to. Uh, and uh, we do have invitation cards on the back table if you need them. Because uh, sometimes people like, you know, guest speakers, you know, they'll come to a guest speaker, they won't come regular church. But so uh, if, you, if you need to do that, grab some of those invitation cards. And uh, we always invite a lot of people to come uh, anyway. And so, all right, we blessed and we'll see you on Sunday.